0: Good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it together. It's good to have you with us this morning. We have an hour of uh, power-packed worship and hope that you will be ministered to by the Holy Spirit. I hope that God will bless you um, today as we worship him together, as we draw near to his presence. We pray that God will draw near to you uh, as we worship across uh, the county and, and the nation and the world. Glad to have our, our virtual congreg- St. James congregation worshiping with us and want to thank you for your, um, for your support um, of our church during this time of COVID-19. Uh, we see all of you worshiping with us online, and we, we've been uh, encouraged by your presence with us. We've had as many as 100 households worshiping with us and that's pretty good it's a household because we don't know how many people that are tuned in and uh, tuned in online but we, we've we've had as many as a hundred households tuning with us and that's very encouraging i thank all the saint james faithful out there th- this morning that are continuing to worship with us every sunday at 11 o'clock um And so um, I want to share with you some uh, newspaper clips that I discovered online, and Kevin's going to show you those um, this morning before we begin our service. And I wanted to show you those because this is not the first time the church has had to had to be quarantined and had to close during a pandemic. I don't know how old St. James is, but I, but if St. James was around in 1918, I would assume that St. James, this is not the first time that this congregation and the church family had to be uh, closed. And so I wanted to read a, a article that I found uh, online. It was from, from the Christian uh, Evangel, and it says, Assemblies closed. Here in Springfield, all churches... Missions, etc., including the assemblies of God, are closed because of the scourge of the Spanish influenza that is rat, r- raging in this town. The way of, uh, to our loving Father's heart and the way to his hearing are, ear are still open, and we are finding it a splendid opportunity to devote additional time to prayer for our missionaries and for our soldier boys and for rain all over the world in this time of the latter rain where assemblies are closed let the saints devote the time they would spend at meeting to the word to word and to prayer he who he whose ears are ever open to the prayers of the secret closet will before long bring the open reward so that it's good to know that we're not the only church um that had to go through a pandemic and had to be closed because of the pandemic. There's several other art, uh, newspaper clippings that, um, that Kevin will show you, um, several newspaper articles from the past that shows that on um, the headlines, church is closed. So I thought that was kind of interesting to, to kind of help us realize that we're not the only, this is not the only time that the church had to, had to be closed because of a pandemic. I uh, also want to share, we have good news, I have bad news to share with you. Um, the cabinet met this past week, um, and the bishop has extended the no person, no gatherings, uh, another three weeks, but the good news is we can begin to have services on the 14th of June, so that's about three weeks from now. Um, we will be having our first service on the 14th, that's the second Sunday in June, So you can go ahead and mark that on your calendar, and we will reopen, and we will be following the CDC guidelines. Um, The pastors of the Greenwood District will be meeting this coming Wednesday with the superintendent through Zoom. So that's going to be kind of interesting, and he is going to go over the guidelines that they discussed at the the cabinet meeting with the bishop with us, and then as soon as I receive those and digest all of those, um, I will present them to you and and let you know um what what um how to implement the these um guidelines for our church. And I'm going to need your support in in following these implementing these guidelines because um the cases are still climbing of COVID-19 in South Carolina. Today we have 8,661 total cases which is jumped more than what they previously um, had thought. It was seven thousand. We're up to eight thousand, almost nine thousand. There were 276 new cases of COVID-19 today. We had 380 deaths in our state. So we we still need to be um, vigilant, and we still need to to keep our guard up, even though we get mixed signals from Washington and from the state government uh, about you know reopening and So we still need to be careful out there, and we need to be careful when we do reopen on the 14th of June to make sure we follow the guidelines that are recommended by the CDC when we do have worship services on the 14th. So you can put the 14th on your calendar. We will be reopening to worship services. Um, Also... um, Next Sunday is Memorial Day. Today is the 6th Sunday of Easter on on this May 17th, the 6th Sunday of Easter. Next Sunday is Memorial Sunday. And then the 31st, we're going to be having Graduate Sunday. So if you're a recent graduate, if you would would like to have your uh, picture posted, um, we're going to recognize all the recent graduates on the 31st. Um, That's the last Sunday in May. And if you're one of the recent graduates, if you'd reach out and contact Kevin, and if you'd be, want us to post your picture, if you want to take a picture in your in your academic academia graduation outfit or whatever, uh, or you just want to give us a regular picture, you know, um, please con- reach out and contact Kevin, and we'll put that up on. The, we'll put we'll either put your name or we'll put your um, we'll put your um, picture online. And recognize you on the 31st. And if you would like to you know, give us some information about you know, where, where, where your gradu- if you graduate from high school and what your plans are um, for um, the next step in your life, you know, please let us know. We'd be glad to put, post that as well. So we can recognize you and your accomplishments uh, in your graduation. And I think that's all the announcements I have at this time. As we begin our worship today, let us join together in our affirmation of faith. And it's found on page 881, but it's going to be on your screen this morning for you. So let us join together in the Apostles' Creed as we affirm our faith this morning. And let us confess the historic confession of our Christian faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty. Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sit at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now let's sing together the glory of poetry. The words will be coming up for you on your screen. Amen. Let us prepare to sing our first hymn this morning. It's hymn number 591, Rescue the Perishing. The words are going to come up for you on your screen. Let's join together in singing Rescue the Perishing. And we're going to sing verses 1, 2, and 4 of hymn number 591, Rescue the Perishing. Rescue the perishing That's a great hymn of our faith. Now we come to the time of our service this morning as we come to pause for a moment of prayer as we approach the throne of grace. I invite you this, this morning to, to, um, to posture yourself in, in a position of prayer. Let us close our eyes and, and bow our heads and approach God today as we enter his presence and come boldly before his throne of grace. Let us pray together. Father, we come before you this morning in the name of Jesus. We thank you for this day that you have made and what a joyous time it is to come together to worship. We thank you this morning for our, our worshiping virtual congregation. Reach out and minister to those persons today, tune in to us today through Facebook and through our webpage. And those that are listening to us this morning through CD, ask, Lord, that you just bless our our congregation this morning and those listening in a mighty way. Lord, we just come together and we bind the forces of darkness. We bind those hindering spirits. We bind those spirits of division and strife. And we ask them to be gone in the name of Jesus. We plead the blood and its power over our time together. and We ask, Lord, that your spirit may come and do your will and have your will made known in our church. Lord, help us this morning in our walk with you to trust you to lean not on our own understanding, but acknowledge you and all that we do and all that we say, and you will direct our steps. Help us to walk by faith and not by sight. Help us to listen to the voice of your Spirit and help us to be led by the Spirit of God. In this world of ours, sometimes it's hard to trust what we can't see, and what we can't feel. But the Bible says that nothing is impossible to you. The Bible teaches us that you reward those who have faith. Give us spiritual eyes and spiritual ears. We may see and know and experience your grace in our lives. Hebrews 11, verse 1 reminds us that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Even Jesus was hindered when he went to Nazareth, he couldn't do any miracles, the people didn't believe in him. Strengthen our unbelief this morning and help us to have faith in you for nothing is impossible for those who believe God. We ask, Lord, to continue prayer this morning for those facing the COVID-19 pandemic. We pray for our our nation, as we return to life as normal, which life will not be normal while this pandemic continues to infect others across our world and state. We lift up Mr. Prez this morning, Mr. Felix. We ask, Lord, that you would be with him today. Minister to him your grace. We ask, Lord, that you would be with those continued prayer for those persons this morning that are on the front lines, our, our first responders, or doctors, nurses, police and fire personnel and our military we lift those persons up this morning and ask for your protection. We just ask for continued prayer for healing to come across our, our nation and world from COVID-19. Be with this morning, Lord, as we worship you on our hearts together, even though we're distant. And help us to be united in your love As we ask this prayer in Jesus' name, who taught us to pray together, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now it's time, I want to invite all the children to come gather around for our time together. Now it's time in our worship service for our children's moment. Glad to have all the children worshiping with us this morning. And I want to share with you this share with you today from Psalm 119, verse 105 and it says, the word of God says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. See God's word is our instruction and our guide in our life. You ever tried to um you ever tried to um to you got something new and you and you had to put it together and you had to you had to read the directions on how to put it together, you know, some some folks like myself think I don't need I don't need directions, so I can just put it together by looking at it, and so we try to go through putting something, putting instruct, putting it together, and then you put it together and it don't look right, so you have to go back and read the just read the instructions. I find that if if you that if you just go ahead and read the instruct instructions, it saves a whole lot of time and headache having to go back and redo it. Um, if you, instru- if you um, follow the instructions um, and that's the way that the, the Bible is, is our instruction guide to life. A lot of people try to live life um, without reading it and, they, and their life turns into a mess. So sometimes, you know, we have to go back to, to the Bible and follow what God teaches us in his word. It's an instruction manual on how to live. And so, and so as we begin to try to put something together, we, we tr- sometimes if we put it together without the instruction manual, we make a mess and we have to go back and read the instruction manual and, and, and we cause a lot, we lose a lot of time and hardship. So that's the same way what happens to us if we don't follow God's um, instructions. We need to, we need to first instruct, read, his, read his instruction book, instruction manual, the Bible, and learn how He wants us to live our lives, and so God has everything planned out for us in His word, and all we got to do is read it, and He tells us what we do what to do and how to respond to life. So I know that you will make time in your, make time to read your Bibles and draw close to the Lord and and learn how to live your life through through what He teaches us and in the instructions from the good book. Let us pray. Thank you for listening. and We're glad that you're a part. Hope that you'll be blessed and, and hope you'll be back with us next week for our children's time together. And now let us close with a word of prayer this morning. Dear Lord, bless all the children that are listening today. We thank you so much for them and their lives and continue to bless them and help them to to read the instruction manual on how to live their lives for you. We thank you Um for this time and for these children's moments as we pray in Jesus' name, amen. And now let us join together in our next hymn. Our next hymn is in number 368, and it's, the words is going to come up for you on, on, our, on your screen, and it's My Hope is Built, and we're going to be singing verses 1, 2, and 4 this morning of... My hope is built. It's hymn number 368 in the Methodist hymn. Let us join in singing together. My hope is built. Verses 1, 2, and 4. Praise the Lord. It's time now to share from God's Word. And this morning I'm reading from Malachi chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. I'm reading from the New King James Translation, copyright 1982, Thomas Nelson Publishers. Let us prepare our hearts to receive God's Word and, and to receive God's message this morning from his word let's prepare our hearts malachi chapter 3 verses 16 through 18 then those who feared the lord spoke to one another and the lord listened and heard them so a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the lord and meditate on his name they shall be mine says the lord of hosts On the day I will make them my jewels and will spare them, as a man spares his own son who serves him. Then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked, between the one who serves God and the one who does not serve him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we're thankful For your word, for its power to transform our lives. We ask that you write your word on our heart this morning and help us to be doers of your word and not just hearers alone, but help us to practice and put your word into our everyday living so we may stand upon your promises and exercise our faith. Bless us now as we sit at your feet to learn from you. Teach us your word and reveal your principles to us. As we ask this prayer this morning, in Jesus' name, amen. This morning, as we draw near to the throne of grace, the Almighty is constantly engaged as the Word of God reminds us in recording down, writing down in the annals of time to remember. God is writing a book this morning. God is telling a story. God is telling the upper and the lower story, and God has a book that is filled with drama. (laughs) It's a book about perseverance. He's writing a book about faithfulness. He's writing a book about commitment. He's writing and recording a book about long-suffering and patience. He's writing a book about dedication He's writing a book that tells the story of falling away in temptation. He's writing a book about the story of iniquity. And he's writing a story about suffering. He's telling a story about perseverance in the midst of trial. In his book is a story about never-ending love. It's a story about forgiveness. It's a story written down for all time to read. See, the Bible tells us about many stories of remembrance that are written in the Holy Scriptures. God established a rainbow in heaven after the flood to remind us that God would never destroy the world again with a flood. Abraham called the place where the ram was provided by God as an alternative sacrifice to Isaac. The mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Jacob wrestled with God and called the place Peniel, and it means, for I have seen God face to face and my life is persevered, is preserved. And God sent an angel of death visiting the last plague on the firstborn of the Egyptians. And God told Moses and the Israelites to remember their deliverance from Pharaoh through the Passover meal. Moses, Aaron, and Hur went on the mountain as Joshua battled the Amalekites below. And as Moses, Aaron and, Hur, or Aaron, and Hur held up Moses' arms, Joshua won the battle. And defeated the Amalekites, God said to Moses, Write for this in a memorial book to recount to Joshua, and I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. Moses, the Bible said, built an altar and called its name, The Lord is my banner, because God has sworn the Lord will have a war with Amalek from generation to generation. Jesus took bread and wine and changed it to become his body and blood. And he became the Passover Paschal Lamb, which, which means a lamb that's without blemish. And he said, as we often gather together in his name to, to eat and drink in remembrance of him. The Bible says that God has our name inscribed on the palm of his hand to remember us. See, God is writing down and recording the story about our lives. He's writing a story about you. He's writing a story about me. He's writing a remembrance of how we live our life. See, God is telling our story and sharing our part in the history of the world. Everybody has their story recorded in God's book. All the good, all the bad, and all the ugly are written and recorded for all time. The deeds of men and women are written about in God's annual. What do you think your story will be like? What do you think you will find written about you and your book? The Bible says in Malachi 3.16 that God has written a memorial book of remembrance to remember the names of his people and their deeds. In this book, God separates those who do his will from those who do not. God marks their names that practice the law and follow God's commands from those who do not. The Bible says in Malachi that God wrote a book of remembrance that is set before him to remember those who fear the Lord and those who meditate on his word. The Bible says in Revelation that Jesus also keeps a book called The Lamb's Book of Life. And every every saved man and every saved woman that have named that has confessed Jesus as Lord is written down in that book. Jesus takes that book out when he judges the world. And if your name is not found in it, then you're judged according to the law and you're judged based on your own righteousness, and you come up a little short, and you're cast into the fiery furnace where you will spend all eternity. If you looked up the word Christian in the dictionary, would you see your picture there? Does your life define what it means to be a Christian? Are you living a godly and righteous life before the Lord? Are you being a living example before others? Do you treat and speak to others as Christ? Or are we a Christian in name only? Do we Christianize our talk and our life just to fool our neighbor? But deep down inside, our blood is just as cold as ice on a hot summer day. We can have the actions of a Christian. But do we talk like Jesus when we deal with others? How do you think Jesus spoke to folks? Did he yell, bully, demand, or belittle? Sure. We can give to others in actions, but do we have love on our lips? Paul writes that we should not allow any vile thing to prevail upon our lips. Those phone conversations that we hold in secret, God hears and he records them. God knows how we deal with others. God knows how we talk to others. God knows how we treat others. God knows how we speak to others. God knows how, how we act around other people. Jesus says, judge not, or lest you would be judged by the same standards that you apply. What well, goes into the book, And what God writes about our life is up to us. See, God had already read Job's mail when the devil came calling. See, God already knew what was in Job's book. God already knew what was already written in those pages. And God had already read the pages about Job's life. Of all the people that God could have chosen to lift up before the devil on the planet Earth, he chose Job as an example of godliness This is why God told Satan to consider his servant Job because he already knew the end of Job's story. He had already read the book and he already knew that Job would live up to the expectations and that Job would not fail the test. What about our book? What does it say about us? Does God read our book and is he confident if that ever happened to us that he would know that we would survive the test and be like Job? What does our story reveal about us? What does it tell us about our faith and commitment to Jesus Christ? Is it it a page-turner or a night table reading stand to help us sleep? Or is it a five-minute read that we have next to the bathroom? If you were going to write a book about your life, what would it say about you? How would would the world remember you and your contribution to it as a Christian? Jesus says in Matthew 12 verses 36 through 37 that we will give an account for every idle word that we speak in this life. I'll say that again. That we will give an account for every idle word that we speak in this life. Every whisper, every criticism, every cut down, Every sarcastic remark, every word, every remark that comes out of our mouth, every idle word will be judged. God writes down those idle words in our book, and our actions and words are recorded. How we treat one another is recorded. How we act toward one another is recorded. How we treat our neighbor is recorded. How we treat the person on the street is written down. How we treat people that are different than us is recorded. Everyone in the Bible has been created in the image and likeness of God. But do we cherish other people? Are we just on a mission to tear people down just to prop up our self-image at the expense of others? You see, God has not lost his mind and God is not forgetful. God reminds us in his word that he's keeping score and he knows what's going on when we try to hide. Like Adam. God already knew what Adam what Adam had seen. God was just testing Adam. See, God already knew that Adam had ate the ate the tree, ate of the tree that he wasn't supposed to even before he showed up. God already knew Adam was hid, hidden, and God already knew that Adam knew that Adam knew he was naked. God was just tested testing Adam to see what was happening. See, sometimes God tests us because he already knows what we're up to. He writes it down in the book. God knows whether we're sincere or not. See, God keeps these records to remind us that God is all-seeing and all-knowing and all-powerful, and God is watching us. You see, God is not an absent landlord. God's presence is everywhere. We can't escape his pen in hand Continue to read our story in his book of remembrance. The good news is that God is in the midst of our story. He inserts himself into our lives. God makes his story a part of ours. It's called redemption. And we become a part of the living story of history. After all, God's word is alive and it does not return void. When God breathes it or speaks it, it's alive. The Bible says in Malachi that God has separated the pages from the works of righteousness, from the works of the wicked. God has divided the pages down the middle, and he's recorded what the righteous have done and what the, the wicked have done. And the good news is that God remembers those who are written down in his book. He knows their names, and he knows their actions. And God says, because they are faithful and committed, they shall be mine, The Lord says the Lord of hosts. One day I will make them like jewels, and they'll shine. I will spare them as a man who spares his own son who serves them. See, God knows the deeds of the righteous, and God knows the deeds of the wicked, and God knows all about them. See, nothing escapes God and his pen from writing down those actions of this life. God knows who's righteous, and God knows who's wicked. In the next chapter of Malachi, chapter 4, God says... For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, and all and all the proud, yes, and all who wickedly will 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 be stubble, and the day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of Hosts. Revelation chapter five. Um, before in, in in Revelation chapter five, before God releases the scroll with the seven seals, begin the tribulation. The righteous are seated before the Lord. Before that scroll is ever unfurled and the seals are broken, the, the church is present right there. God's presence is... The, is, the church is, is right there in God's presence before the wrath is ever poured out upon the world. You see, God doesn't send the rain until Noah and his family are aboard the ark, and God doesn't destroy Sodom and Gomorrah until Lot and his family are out safely of the city. See, God doesn't send the angel of death upon Egypt until the Israelites have put the blood of the sacrificial lamb on their doorpost, and God will not begin the tribulation period until the church is safely in his presence. See, God is still holding on to that scroll until the church is sitting before him. See, that's a different story for those who have not accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. The Bible says in Malachi 3.18, that God knows and studies and keeps track of the wicked. God knows their deeds. God knows who serves them and those who do not. And God knows who who are sincere and those who are not. God knows those who are committed and dedicated from those who are not. God knows who plays church and those who do not. The Bible tells us in the story of the final judgment, It's found in Revelation 20, verses 11 through 15. It's the last of the last things before the next chapter reveals the new heaven and the new earth. In the last of the last things, there's a judgment. It's called the Great White Throne Judgment. Revelation 20, verses 11 through 15, tells tells us about what happens at that judgment. It tells us that the wicked will stand before the throne and it will be a harvesting of the wicked that did not profess Christ in life. Do you know that if you live a good life, that you were kind to your fellow man, that you were kind and good to your neighbor? If you didn't drink or didn't smoke and you paid your taxes on time and you were an exemplary citizen, if you didn't have illicit sex or you weren't a drunkard in this life, but do you know that the Bible says you're wicked if you did not profess Profess Christ as your Savior. The Bible says that you're wicked. You were good. You lived a good a good life. And and the world would label you as good. But the Bible says if you do not accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you're wicked. Even though your works in life are good, the Bible says that you're wicked and you'll be judged at the great white throne if you do not accept Christ as your Savior. The Bible says that in verse 12, I saw the dead, small and great, standing before, before God, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged according to their wor- works by the things which were written in the books. I'll read that last verse. It says they were judged according to their works by the things which are written in the book. So Revelation is confirming what God has already said in Malachi, that God is writing, our, writing down our actions and our deeds. He's writing down our righteous acts as well as our wicked ones together. And it says right here that when the, if you're not saved, then those books are going to be open and you'll be judged according to what's written in those books. And it says in verse 15 that anyone not found written in the book of life will be cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. See, my friends, this is how the book ends. It either ends with promise and blessing or it ends with judgment. A book opens and a book closes. A chapter is completed. See, God's pro- God promises the righteous. I've got you written down. I know all your works. I've recorded your faithfulness. I'm writing and keeping my book of remembrance, and I've got it in my hand. I'm not going to forget what you've done, and I'm not going to forget how you lived, but i got you right here in my hand. And so when the day comes, because i got your name written, I'm going to protect you from the wrath to come. Because, you see, the Bible says that God has not appointed us to wrath, but he has appointed us to mercy through Jesus Christ and the cross. If you're faithful, Jesus says, I will not remove your name from my book, but I will remember you for all time. How will your book and chapter end when it's all over and all said and done? What will the chapter, final chapter, reveal about your life? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Let us turn now to our closing hymn in number 127. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah. And we're going to sing all three verses. And during our hymn, if you need to rededicate your life, if you've never made a commitment to Jesus Christ, I'm going to invite you to do that. Just come and approach him and ask him to save you and ask him to forgive you of your sins. If you've done things that you need to get forgiveness for, ask God to forgive you. Confess those things to him, and he is faithful and true to forgive you. I invite you this morning, if you not made a commitment, or you need to renew your faith, if you or you never made a commitment to Christ, come to him and make your make your um, prayer to him during this time as we sing our closing hymn, God, me, O thou great Jehovah, in number one twenty seven. Let's sing all verses and and uh, and the um Words are going to come up for you on your screen this morning. great Jehovah. What a great hymn to conclude our worship with this morning. We're glad that you've joined us and hope that you were blessed by our service today. I hope that you will join us next next Sunday as we celebrate Memorial Sunday and also Ascension Sunday. And then the 31st uh, um, is Pentecost Sunday. And we're also um, celebrating our graduates, uh, our, our recent graduates, so as I said before, if you're a recent graduate um, and you'd like to have your picture uh, or you'd like to tell us about, you know, your accomplishments, please do so. And we'll have them posted for you on that special Sunday as we recognize your recent um, graduation. Um, we'll be having um, Bible study streaming Wednesday night at 6 p.m. and we'll be studying Revelation chapter 7. Moving right, right along, we'll be studying Revelation chapter 7 And in Revelation chapter 7, we meet the 144,000. I know a lot there are 1,000 questions about who are the 144,000. I'll give you an hint. You can't be a 144,000 or a member of the 144,000 unless you're a Jew. So we'll be discussing um, the 144,000 and their role in the end times. I know that you want to be be with us as we stream live our Bible study. And now will you bow for the benediction. May the grace of God, the love of Jesus, and the power and the fellowship anointing of the Holy Spirit abide in each of you both now and forevermore. Amen.